So then, you know, fast forward to this year, I was just like, you know what, like, I'm just going to commit to it personally. Like I, I made the commitment to say, I'm going to make myself better. And if you're in that state where you are kind of sitting there and saying, I'm doing okay, but I can do better. This is for you. What do you need? Like if you need to work on, you know, being able to stretch, if you need to work on a better warm up, if you need to work on um, a better, you know, just hinge movement, if you need better mobility in your shoulders, whatever it is, like this is going to help you program for those things. Um, so take it from me, bite the bullet, get it done, and you know you will not regret it. From day one, when I signed up, I regretted not signing up earlier. Open enrollment to become Surge Strength Dryland Certified is going on right now, but only for a limited time. Stop being frustrated and wasting time with little or no results with your dryland training. Learn how you can quickly and effectively create a dryland program that gets you results. Visit SurgeStrength.com slash certification to enroll now to become SSDC before it's too late. Now, let's join your host of the Surge Strength Podcast, Chris Ritter. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Surge Strength Podcast. Hope you're doing well. That was a sneak peek from our interview upcoming with newly certified, Surge Strength Dryland certified, that is, Greg McMullen. And he enrolled on the very first day of open enrollment about seven days ago now and has flown through the course. It helps when we give you the ability to do the variable speed play on the video so you can get through all 200 videos. But it's not just about how fast you get through it or not. I know some coaches are still working their way through. Others are like Greg can knock it out. The whole point is are you giving yourself that opportunity? And you heard what Greg said right there. His only regret is that he didn't do it sooner. And by the time this podcast airs, you're going to have about 36 hours left for this open enrollment. And after that, you're going to be having to wait for our next one, which is probably going to be coming in the spring of 2022. So don't miss this opportunity to give your athletes an advantage in and out of the water to get stronger, to move better, it's going to magnify whatever results you're currently getting from your programming. And even someone like Greg, who's followed us for a long time, has followed, you know, whether it's the free webinars or other paid dryland courses we had before. And this is the culmination of 10, 15 years of work here that is going into the curriculum that you get access to along with all the other resources. And, and Greg mentions a lot of them and how it has helped him feel so much better about his dryland program going into this season. So it was a great conversation with Greg. I really appreciate him being so flexible in terms of uh, scheduling very quickly. He even kind of moved his swimming workout around to accommodate me, so I'd appreciate that. But I just thought it was really cool to have a coach come on that a week ago, he was not dryland certified. He had some knowledge, but as as he says in the interview, it was kind of hodgepodge. It was all over there. And, you know, it, it wasn't the worst thing, but he knew he could do better. He was trying to implement some of the stuff he would pick up from us on free webinars, but it all changed once he got everything. And that happens when he enrolled to become SSDC. And like he said, his only regret is he just didn't do it sooner. So take it from him. I, I really appreciate Greg again coming on. One note too before 
we get to the interview. I think I messed up on my end in terms of recording, so I think my audio is going to sound a little bit different than normal. So apologies for that. Uh, Greg sounds great. His connection was fantastic, but uh, I think I just simply didn't plug in or connect something as normal. So I sound a little bit off, so sorry about that. Apologies. We'll be back and rolling for our next episode. But yeah, let's jump on in to this great interview with Greg. Dryland Talk. Greg, thanks for joining us today. Happy to be here. So I've been excited to watch your progress over the last few days, honestly. So when we opened up <laughs> this open enrollment for becoming SSDC, you jumped on it. I'm pretty sure it was day one. And you know, we had put some incentives out there, see how fast you can get through. Because the whole point of us doing this is, is not to just, you know, get people to give us money and go to the course. We actually want them to work through the course. And you were blazing through it, Greg. And so I thought, you know what, let's talk to someone who six days ago, whatever it was when, you know, we had the first day of open enrollment was not SSDC. And now you have passed your final exam. You can put those initials behind your name. So congratulations, first off. Thank but you. What what did you, what really spurred you on to say, I need to jump on this now? So the biggest thing for me is basically being told like, this is your dry land. This is your weight training program. Um, you know, our, our athletic department, um, honestly has kind of been seen as weak. Um, and this mm -hmm. is just across all of our sports, you know, it's not and, just and your high school. Your yes. high school coach for those. Yes. Mm -hmm. For our high school, um, you know, at Batesville high school, like I coach the, the men's and women's swim team, boys and girls, however you want to say it. I try to give them a little bit more dignity than boys and girls, but, um, but yeah, we, we've been told this is what you need to do to lift. This is what you need to do to do things. And, um, you know, there's certain things in this program, uh, that, you know, yeah, we probably do need to do, um, especially, you know, looking at some of the exercises that, you know, we're taught in the SSDC and all these other things, but there's no, there's no progression. There's no phasing. There's no, um, you know, in season, out of season. It's just, you do this for nine weeks, then you start over, you do it again for nine weeks and hopefully that their weight goes up. Um, so it was just one of those things where I'm like, okay, like I've got to do something different because I know in this program, there were not, uh, there's no pull-ups and, you know, the number one thing for a swimmer to be able to do is activate the core, activate the lats in every stroke. It really doesn't matter what the stroke is. Um, and so we're just sitting there like, well, what can we do to do that? And then, you know, I, I asked the, um, the strength coach and he's just like, yeah, you can change whatever you want, but our athletic director is kind of sending the, a different message. Like, no, this is just what you do. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, there's some mixed signals there. Um, they are actually requiring a, some sort of weightlifting program through the sport or through, um, through a class that we're trying to say, all right, like you have, you legitimately have to lift. It doesn't matter if you're a freshman or a senior, you have to, do, you have to do something. Um, so anybody that's not in a weightlifting class can actually enter a weightlifting class for what they call their zero block. So it's, 6.30 in the morning before school starts, um, or they can arrange something with their coach to be able to, you know, set up whatever program that, you know, we're going to try to set up. Um, so it's just one of those things where I'm like, I, again, I've got to do something to educate myself and to feel more confident in writing some sort of workout. Um, so and, that's and really what, what your, drove me. 
Yeah. What was your approach, Greg, before, you know, when it comes to dry land? It sounds like um, you, 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 you saw some of the things you should be doing, but maybe it's just <laughs> getting the tools or, or whatnot. Talk to us yeah. about that a little bit. Yeah. So when I first started, um, they were actually in the process of changing out our entire weight room and weight system. So I had kind of gone into, um, a, I don't really know. Um, just a hodgepodge. I'm like, okay, what do I, what do we, what do we have? You know, like we had, you know, a couple of different machines. Most of them were broken. Our leg press machine was completely broken. You were not allowed to use it. Um, you know, there were some other things, but it, the weight room was always crowded. Um, football was always in there. Basketball was always in there as you know, most high school coaches are probably gonna be like, yeah, I, I get that. Like they're always there. Um, so then, you know, after that first season, like we, we lifted, I think two days a week, which I know is not in the sweet spot. Um, but it was just one of those things where we, we started that lifting process of just like doing something. And I remember one of the, I think he was a junior at the time. He just looked at me and he's just like, well, why are we doing this? Why are we in the weight room? Like, we've never done this. I'm like, well, because I'm your coach now. Like, we're not doing it the old way. We're doing it this way. So then the following year, uh, as you, I'm sure Greg, you, sorry, do you remember what, what some of those newer things were that lifting weights, uh, <laughs> they had never, they, I mean, in all honesty, like the previous coach, you know, I mean, he started the program, you know, he had state qualifiers, like, don't get me wrong. I, I think our, our best swimmer finished second in the, in Indiana state hit, um, championship meet, which if you know, Indiana swimming is not mm-hmm. an easy thing to do, uh, especially from a town that doesn't have its own pool. Um, so we, you know, didn't really have that strong of a weight facility. Um, and he, you know, he was still able to do that back in, I think the program was five years old. Um, and actually in the very first year we had a state qualifier in the hundred butterfly. Um, I actually got to swim against him at a rival high school. Um, but you know, anyway, to kind of go back into that, like we, we really were just getting into the weight room, like doing some things like box jumps, a little bit of plyo um, type things. Um, a little bit of, uh, the Tabata type stuff. Um, I had an app at the time, um, where, you know, it kind of just spit out a quick workout and that was kind of what I was using. So then the following year, you know, the new nearly $10 million renovation to a weight room with the squat racks and everything we got in early in the morning. So nobody wanted to be there on a Tuesday, Thursday at six 30 in the morning. So we went in, um, and we pretty much had exclusive use of everything. And so that was the, you know, the older, um, you know, thing through Reuter sports performance that you guys had put together. Uh, you had all those programmings for, you know, high school and some other things that I kind of yeah, I forgot how to. long you've been following what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's been a little bit, it's been a little bit. Um, but yeah, so there were some workouts from there, um, that, you know, I kind of just took and I was like, you know what, this, this is better than what I had kind of put together on my own. But again, it still wasn't good enough. It still wasn't unique enough. Um, so I kind of used that for two years. Um, and then last year with COVID, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, I'm not going to go in and spray down the weight room every day. And we had to do a seating chart um, for when they weren't in the weight room and all these oh. other things before school. And I'm just like, you know what, like, we're taking a year off. Um, so we did a little bit of stuff at home. Um, I used a lot of the functional strength um, aspects from, you know, the previous stuff with, with the, the old stuff, uh, which I mean, same concepts, same principles, you know, applied to it. Um, but with the older, the older, uh, 
you know, sheets and everything just to say, all right, like try to do some of this stuff at home, lift a, you know, lift your sibling, fill up a two gallon ju- uh, jug of milk or, you know, just do something with, with something. Um, so, and then, uh, I actually got some, uh, some bands that I gave to a couple of kids that say, you know, you're a little bit stronger. Why don't you take these home? Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll teach you how to do like, you know, some deadlift motions with them, some other things that you could potentially get some additional strength gains out of. And so, so that already sounded different than some of the programming you were describing earlier, Greg, where just even you saying, I need some hinging in my program. I yeah. need some, some pulling in my program. And I love that you're making sure the audience, you know, sees our receipts in terms of, we've been talking about this dryland stuff for 10 plus years. Now at this point, right. it's just now putting it together in a certification. So it yeah. sounds like it was clicking with you, but mm-hmm. even then it sounded like your words, you know, kind of a hodgepodge. So like you kind of knew uh, this is the direction I want to go and maybe I want to avoid these things, but yeah. still it sounded like you, you didn't have the whole picture or, or how to attack it. Absolutely. And, you know, I, obviously, you know, you don't go through, you know, a very short time span and pick everything up. Um, you know, so there's, there's one of those things where, you know, y'all made it too easy, you know, by being able to go one and a half to two times on a video. When you hit the high school stuff, I slowed it down. I was like, okay, this is really mm-hmm. what I want to focus in on Yeah. Um, because we don't have an age group program. We, obviously we don't have a college nearby. So, you know, working with strictly high school athletes for upwards of 18 weeks out of the year, that's all I get. Yeah. So it is legitimately, I have to look at this and say, what do I need to do to get, you know, a freshman, through a four-year career where I may only, you know, have a touch point of 18 weeks. Yeah. Um, how, how those yeah. standards hit you speaking of that? Cause that lines up right when you're kind of sending them off. Oh, I, I mean, uh, I <laughs> what, what, what were you shocked by thinking that? Or is like, Oh, that's doable. I'm just curious about when seeing those laid up. Cause that is something that, you know, we did kind of put together specifically for the certification of giving coaches the goal of, Hey, when your athletes 18, they should be doing these kind of bare minimum stuff. Right. So I've got, uh, you know, I've got a couple of seniors now that are just ridiculously strong, um, mm. you know, for again, not having, I, I have one athlete that I remember maybe two that were actually on a year round program at any point in time. Um, so in Batesville, we have a four week recreation league and we have our, you know, uh, what is it officially? I think it's officially 16 weeks, but because the boys are offset by two weeks, it takes 18 weeks, uh, from November till February. Um, so, you know, upwards of 20 weeks where most of our kids are swimming. So when we look at what we're actually getting, like I've got a kid that can go a 104 in the 100 breaststroke. I've got a kid that can go a 50 point in the 100 free. Um, so it's not like certain levels of talent are not there, but I know to get that junior from a 50 point, well, he's a, he's a junior this year, but to get him from a 50 point to a 47, is going to take a lot of technique work, which, you know, I can always, I can go and talk about how much time we had in the pool last year. Um, he trained for six hours a week. Oh, wow. Um, we went to our summer rec league and that's when at our CISA conference championship, he hit a 50 point. Um, and that was four weeks of training in a 40 yard pool. So, you know, it was one of those things he had not touched the water from February 
until June and was still able to get there. So it's just to say like, what can we do with a properly structured dry land, you know, weight program? And then what can we do in the water when again, we're going to be hit with another COVID uh, restricted year? Um, Cause our numbers are just constantly going up here where I may only be able to take 15 of, you know, 35 athletes for 45 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you obviously talked about before or after, and I'm like, well, if I can get 15 athletes in here before and then swim and then get the ones out after 45 minutes and do, you know, another 30, 45 minutes after, but how does that look? I can't just be like, all right, everybody do the same thing that they just did. Mm-hmm. Um, because I want to make sure that early on, you know, we get that post-activation potentiation aspect, especially on certain days. And afterwards it's like, okay, I just want to make sure you feel good before you go home. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. you know, swimming for 45 minutes, we got to get your heart rate going as fast as possible. We got to get you moving as fast as possible. Um, and then, you know, really nitpick at every single technique piece as we go through to make sure that we're not missing anything. Well, and especially when you have those limited practice, you know, if you only have 45 minutes of water, that's where really doing that 15, maybe even 20 minute dynamic warmup on deck. So now as soon as you hit the water, you know, you could basically be in your main set or, you know, a pretty strong kicking set or, or whatever. And I, I like how you can say becoming SSDC has basically given you more tools to know, okay, if I need to do drown before, after kind of split the group, you now understand how to look at those sessions differently and get the best out of whatever your situation is. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the whole goal is just sitting here like, okay, I know that I'm not going to get everybody to the weight room or I'm not going to be able to implement like what I would consider a proper weight program at this point. Um, you know, some of them are just going to have to do and suffer through what exists, um, because of what, you know, classes they took or, you know, how they're being, um, told to, to get into the program. And that's fine. You know, like I'm not mad that they're lifting weights, um, but I want to make sure that they are getting the technique and they're not going to, they're not going to get hurt um, when I'm not the one observing them, you know, being as how I don't work for the school district. You know, Mm -hmm. I have a, I have a full-time job and, you know, this is kind of a side gig Um, and I love it. I love every minute of it. Like I, obviously I wouldn't spend the money to get certified, you know, and I've got a, a master's degree in coaching education and athlete development. Like, I wouldn't do those things if I didn't care. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm the best coach in the world. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going to be, you know, the next uh, Chris Plum or, you know, David Marsh. Like that's just not probably not in the cards for me, but I am going to make myself, you know, have the, the largest tool chest that I can possibly have to give these kids the benefits that, you know, I know that they, they need yeah. um, to, to succeed. Speaking of, of your tool chest, compare a week ago when you were just enrolling and starting, you know, to become SSDC to now you pass the final exam. What are some tools that either really got sharpened? You know, it sounds like, again, because you've been following us for a while. So I'm sure some of the concepts were not new, but it was just flushed out more. You're getting more templates, all the resources. Mm -hmm. So what were some tools that were maybe sharpened? And then what were some maybe new tools that we did go more in depth and that you'd never heard about or never thought about? Yeah. So, um, 
the I like the I actually really like the the revised assessment and the way that it's set up now to be a little bit clearer. Um, I know mm-hmm. previously like there wasn't the full on like okay measure their hand. You know, mm-hmm. it was just kind of like if they're kind of close or within a fist length or whatever. Um, and, and the the scoring mechanisms seem a little bit clearer too. Like you know, uh, previously it was a little bit more. Um, you know, maybe it's a two, maybe it's a one. And I feel like now it's just like, if that hip is past the heel, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a two, if it's not there, it's a one. If there's pain, like it's a zero and, and do the other side of it, you know, get them to that person. Um, so I really feel like that part is going to be a little bit stronger to be able to say that, uh, also the performance assessment to mm-hmm. be able to like very distinctly say, if you're here, you know, if you've got length, you know, one and a half times on your broad jumper, you've got, you know, this many, um, pull-ups or the, 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 uh, hang, like this is where they should be, you know, they should be a level one, two or three. Um, so I think that's something that is really, really nice. Um, and then just the, honestly, your favorites in the progression and regression for each level. Um, that is something where I know that there's certain things that yes, could I go in and look through that list and be able to find everything that needs to be done? Yeah. Um, but to have like just that quick thing to say, okay, I know that if you can't do pull-ups, like this is where you need to be. Um, and I'll be completely honest. Like I failed a one minute bridge test. Like, so then it's like looking for me to say, what do I need to do to be able to, you know, perform, you know, that, that one, one to two reps, you know, um, for them to see this is what this should look like, or this is what, you know, you should be doing. Um, you know, in terms of the new things, uh, I mean, I can't, periodization is not new. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously like I, I gone through some of the other things you talked about strength, strength, power, and power. Um, but just the, um, the way to better plan that along with the swim sessions and then not getting too caught up in the details on what the swim sessions need to be. Um, obviously with my shorter time frame, like I don't have the ability to do overtraining, like it just doesn't exist. Um, so yeah, you're probably you know, trying to, to go as hard as you can every time to just get the yeah. stimulus, so, especially yeah. 45 minute sessions. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and it's not so much, you know, like, yeah, COVID obviously threw that wrinkle in everybody's plans last year um, for our, our YMCA, like they were really terrified about it. So it was, you know, we get, um, we traditionally get three of the four lanes at our facility. Um, and so then we roll into that, um, that planning of saying, okay, well, you can only bring in five per lane. So then it's like, all right. So I get three lanes. I had 27 kids last year. Oh. Um about, you know, I would say four to, well, no, five of them on the, on the men's side were very strong. Um, they're very strong swimmers, um, very well-rounded swimmers. Um, a handful on both the men's and women's team where I would call them middle of the road. And then I had a handful that were also just like brand new to the sport, mm-hmm. wanted to try it out, thought it would be the next fun thing to do. Um, never been on a competitive swim team before, or had never even gone through swim lessons before. So then, you know, you're really trying to manage like, okay, how do I get, you know, these kids that are developed and have a, the skill set, the training time that they need, but also balance that with those kids that, 
they don't need six sessions a week. Um, you know, they four sessions would would suffice for what they need in terms of skill development. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of what we did. We gave our um, our faster kids um, each a, an hour and a half practice. So they had um, what one? Uh, did they have two? They had two hour and a half practices. And then the rest of the week, they had 45 minute practices. So we kind of like balance that out to say, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, uh, Wednesday, Saturday, or something like that. Um, and then, you know, just kind of like went through the weeks with that. And then everybody else, you know, if you didn't have a, a 90 minute practice, like you just had 45 minute practices. Um, so that's kind of how that was arranged. And then, you know, again, we didn't really do dry land other than, you know, me sending stuff home and kind of hoping and praying that they actually did it. Um, which, you know, being, a being an online also, you know, dry land weight coach, like you probably know exactly how that pans out for high school kids. Like that accountability is just, just drops. And it's like, all right, did you do it? Like, no, it's like, all right, well, you're going to be in a lot of pain today. Uh, when we go through these these types of things and not pain, discomfort. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. get that terminology right. I, I, I love, it tells me that the certification did the right thing, Greg. You're, you're making all these clarifications as we go. And for those that aren't enrolled, you know, you're maybe not picking up on all of it, but I, I love it that it's showing, it's proving out what I hoped we could do in terms of, especially I think about, you know, people like you that have been following us for a while. We'd put stuff out there here and there, but then this kind of seemed like the perfect moment to put it all together, to do some revisions, to try to clean some stuff up. And it sounds like it's really helped you. And I like how you've mentioned a few times you've been trying stuff, you know, you tried the bridges or you went through the assessments. Talk about how you personally as a coach are kind of experimenting on yourself through that. (laughs) Yeah. And I, and I'll say like, uh, my kids are about to get involved in this too. Uh, you know, I've got a, uh, uh, seven, four and two year old. So like they're, you know, uh, so I'll, I'll just preface this real quick. When I was going through my, uh, my master's program, um, we, you know, we did, uh, like youth long-term athlete development and then older long-term, uh, uh, yeah, athlete development. Um, so it was so much fun and, you know, you're, I, I think you also have a kid or kids, if I remember correctly, not to throw you off out there, but, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, to see how they're going through things you know, like when they figure out how to walk, Uh, my sister-in-law is a physical therapist. And it was just so funny that she kind of threw this in there too. She came and visited with, uh, you know, when we were going through this, but when I was in school, um, our oldest was uh, younger than two. Um, But so then we're going through, you know, all that long-term athlete development and seeing everything happen, you know, like we're going through all the different stages, like of, you know, infancy to toddler to, you know, child now. Um, and then, you know, hearing my, my sister-in-law talk through her physical therapy work like that kids won't start walking until they realize that they can catch themselves or they won't start crawling until they realize that they can, you know, whatever. And it's just so interesting how to, you know, you got all of these puzzle pieces and to get everything together. Um, so in terms of experimenting, we'll get back to that part. <laughs> um, so I've actually been swimming myself for probably the last, uh, I don't know, uh, three or four years now. Um, so obviously I swam in high school, uh, attempted to swim in college, got hurt. Um, that's why I really don't like power cleans. Um, 
that's actually what caused my, my injury. So there's a little bit of aversion to deadlifting and, and cleans. Um, but I now know how to coach it. I know how to teach it. Makes a difference, do Greg. It, it <laughs> does. Power cleans are still something that I will not touch. Like that motion is just too complicated um, for someone that doesn't have proper technique themselves to be able to teach that. The deadlifts, I feel confident in. I feel mm-hmm. like we can do that, especially with the RDL um, variant there. Uh, I feel a lot safer in, in using that as a tool. Um, yeah, and I hope so, you appreciate too, like when we put it together, I was really thinking about that in particular and coaches like yourself really come to mind where I didn't want to make you guys feel bad, but like, why aren't you doing that? Right. But at the same yeah. time, I know there are coaches, especially more, I, I think year round coaches that have the athletes full time that have the facility. And if they have the knowledge and interest, that's, that's great. If you're going to build the technique up, especially with the hip hinge and stuff like that. If you want to go for that, but at the same time, don't feel like you're doing something bad. If you just feel a, I can't teach it technically, which I applaud that you're again, first, do no harm, right? Like make sure you keep the kids in the water and healthy, but then knowing how to make sure you still have a, a balanced program. That's giving all the benefits of a dryland program and injuries are the thing we don't want. Right. And you experiencing that I'm sure yeah. you are very sensitive to that as a coach and making sure you don't want your athletes injured on your watch. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, me getting injured, Uh, effectively ended my competitive swimming career. Um, You know, it was a low back injury. It wasn't as severe as it could have been, but it was enough, you know, to be able to cause constant muscle spasms, you know, dolphin kicking was something that I didn't do for almost eight to 10 years. Like it was just one of those things. I tried to get back in the pool closer to, you know, the actual injury. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. So now, you know, I'm in my thirties and I'm like, I, I got to do something. And I still enjoy swimming. I still enjoy the sport. I enjoy teaching it. I enjoy doing it. Um, I had a kid that came up to me. She's like, Greg, I don't even know if you know how to swim. Like, why are you teaching us how to coach? So, um, but I will answer your question about the assessment and things like that. Uh, so I apologize for us going down that other rabbit hole. No, it's great. Um, but yeah, so um, obviously I, you know, I jokingly responded to you in an, uh, in one of our you know, previous conversations to say, yeah, like I need to go get, you know, myself checked out. Cause like my left arm, you know, no problem. Motion's fine. I, I do that with my right arm and it's like, you know, I get it about to my nose and I've got pain in my shoulder. So I'm getting looked out on Thursday. So, you know, yay me, <laughs> but yeah, I, I totally have gone through this. Um, even with our summer team, um, I've done a little bit with the, the shoulder mobility, like being able to go overhead. I won't do that because lifting my arm over my head, is uh, painful. Um, but you know, looking at the straight leg raise just to see like, what is my, what is my flexibility in, you know, the hip and, you know, quads and, you know, everything that's uh, attached to that. Um, the overhead squat again, hands going up is not necessarily fun. Um, the hip hinge, uh, we actually did a clinic with one of our, um, in town, trainers and I did the hip hinge for him and he was just like you've lifted before and I'm like good <laughs> like at least something something retained there um and the same thing with the squats like you know there that butt wink wasn't there like the you know yeah he told me to you know flare my feet out a little bit wider and maybe <laughs> widen my stance just a little bit I mean I think that that's a, a misconception too that a lot of coaches are like no you have to have your feet close and like perfectly in line and everything there but it's like you know, what he was saying is like, it's okay if their feet go out a little bit, like everybody has like, you know, a different tendency, they might be a little bit in, you know, if they're really, you don't want this, but it's okay. If you know, if they're a little bit in and the knees still kind of stay in line, 
Well, I know we um, spent a lot of time on on the squat uh, lessons, kind of breaking yeah. that down, and and I tried to you know kind of make you think through some of those myths that are out there, or just things that are that are just traditionally taken as oh yeah, of course, you know whether it's knees over toes or other things like that. So, did breaking that down more too help with you think your thought process? It did, um, and I I mean I think there's some things that could probably still be broken down a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. Just you know, obviously, they're the human body none of them are the same, you know, like you're going to have somebody who's pull up, you know, pull up with is going to be farther out. You're going to have some that want to be closer into their body because they're going to get that extra strength. Um, and obviously that's something you talked about. Um, same thing with push-ups. like you, it doesn't have to be, you know, wide or narrow or diamond or whatever. Like, yes. Can you throw those variants in? Of course. Like, are they going to target different muscles? Technically? Yes. But mm-hmm. you know, do you really need that much variance in a push-up when really what you probably need is to push them to some other exercise that's going to be a little bit you know more developed like again if you're doing 50 push-ups with great form like you probably can stop doing 50 push-ups like or 10 you know if you're doing two sets of 10 Mm-hmm. probably not getting much out of that compared to something else that you could be doing. Um, you know, either it's, whether it's unilaterally or, you know, just explosive. Um, yeah. And that's where you can use like the that. level system that you were talking about where you can see, okay, Hey, the athletes clearly now beyond a level one. So again, yeah. not that level one exercises are bad, but the athlete is ready for more intensity at that point. Right. And, it, and again, it's, it's more so, you know, looking at uh, kind of like everything that the SSDC went through is like, it's not looking at the, the movement being bad. It's looking at the overall session and saying, okay, can we push this a little bit for, farther for specific athletes? Um, so obviously if I have somebody that can barely get through 10 pushups and I give them two sets of 10 or two sets of eight, whatever it might be, then that's going to be exactly what they need. But if another athlete is doing that exact same workout and they can do 50, like, it's time to say, all right, push-ups are, are done for you. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, again, like I try to reiterate to all those that are scheduled in the classes, um, at our schools, like if you're getting to one to one and a half times on your squat, then you need to look at where are you weak? If you aren't able to bench press without your arms going like this, Mm -hmm. then that's where your weak point is. We don't need to add more to a squat or deadlift like that. You've done what's needed to be athletic in that category mm-hmm. for what we want. I don't need you to be pushing a 300 pound person on the O line or D line. I need you to be, you know, able to jump and push off of a wall, you know, and have some coordination with it. Um, and so for so those I that think- don't know what you're, what you're referring to, Greg. So the, one of the standards is, you know, for the squat, by the time the athlete's 18, for them to be squatting one to one and a half times their body weight. So what you're saying is, hey, if you're if you're hitting the standard on one, let's make sure all the others are in line before we keep pushing that one that you're so good. And I think that's where it can be easy as a coach if you if you don't know the bigger picture, Dryland, you could think, hey, I'm just trying to get my athlete to improve, right? And there's nothing wrong with that inherently, but if they're really strong in the squat, but like you said, they can't do pull-ups or push-ups on par with that standard. Well, just kind of 
play cruise control with the squat and yeah, they can just hang out there. That's great. If they're squatting one and one and a half times, now let's focus on the other things. And then if everything's in line, now we can go even further with that. Right. And, and it's another thing where I have a conversation with them because again, I know that they're graded, you know, they're graded on, you know, uh, I think they're graded on uh, increases or something mm-hmm. like that, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, the one rep or whatever. So I get that at some point they have to do more, but it's, it's never to a point where I'm like, don't just do it just to do it. Like, I don't need you. You know, if you're a hundred pound athlete, you don't need to go try to lift 300 pounds. Like it just, it's not needed um, for what we're after. But if, you know, the, the weight coach is saying, or the, the teacher in there is saying like, okay, like it's time to do a one rep max test, then okay, if you can do it, then that's what you need to do. I'm not saying limit yourself, um, but obviously do it with good form, do it with, you know, um, better power, like whatever, but just keep yourself healthy and, and safe and whatever it is. So yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's one of those things where I think that the, the standard and expectations just need to be set, not necessarily to say that you can't, ever do this, Mm. you know, like, obviously, you know, I think you've given that same kind of uh, explanation with Colin too. It's like, it's not that we were done. It's just that we needed to figure out where that weakness lied first and then, Mm. you know, match that for that effort. So, so getting back to, I think the question we started (laughs) with is, you know, going back to you in particular, now turning some of these assessments and thought processes on yourself has the last seven days affected how you're working out or how you're trying to do things? Cause I know a lot of coaches are similar to you and they're, they experiment on themselves to kind of see, you know, Hey, they'll do a workout, see how sore they are, other things like that before they give it to their swimmers. So talk about what you're doing or what you're thinking about doing in the last seven days since becoming SSDC. Yeah. So first and foremost, get to the doctor, um, <laughs> figure out what's going on there. Um, you know, my, my wife, who actually is a physician, she, uh, she's telling me like, oh, you're going to have to have surgery just like your mom. I'm like, well, then uh, this is not going to be fun. And she was like, well, make sure you do it after vacation first. Um, but it was one of those things where like that, that's first and foremost is now that I'm, you know, I kind of have that external validation. Like, again, my shoulder has hurt probably since like April or May. Um, it's, it's time. I've just been delaying it because like I dropped my kids off at the daycare. I go for a swim. Um, but from a workout standpoint, it hasn't changed anything for me yet. Um, because again, I need to get healthy before I do that. But, you know, we actually, uh, decided to build out our, our basement to have a little bit of a weight room. We've got a kettle grip, uh, and some dumbbells, which, less than ideal. Um, I found something on Kickstarter, um, to be able to turn our dumbbells into a barbell. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. so hopefully that'll come here in the next few months to be able to elevate some things. Um, but it was just one of those things where now that I have this knowledge, will it change my workouts? Probably. Um, but yeah, it hasn't yet. Uh, it just hasn't hit me yet. Um, I also, I, I um, use a, a pretty popular swimming app for uh, workouts for water and dry land. Um, you know, for whatever sake, I, I won't drop the name if you don't want me to, um, but I could. Uh, well, I remember too, Greg, you going back to 
you know, we go back to the shoulder thing. It sounded like at the very least, it was kind of confirmation that, hey, this is a real issue because the one assessment you're referring to, which again, if you're not enrolled, maybe we're talking over your head a little bit here, but that's about just the shoulder movement assessment. And if there's pain, that's an issue. Send the swimmer outside because it's only a matter of time. And so it sounds like for you, it's kind of the same thing where maybe you were, you're skating on it a little longer than you should have. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, when, when you do a backstroke turn and you feel your shoulder kind of pop out a little bit, um, that's kind of what drove it home. Yeah. uh, It's actually last week. And then, you know, we got through the assessment later, later in the week. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Thanks, Chris. Like, (laughs) I appreciate you telling me that, you know, something that I already knew, but just needed to reaffirm. And, you know, it's, it's just crazy to think like I've had swimmers over the years that have, um, that have had pain and have chosen not to do anything about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I still send them to the athletic trainer anyway, like whether or not they're, happy about it. Like that's neither here nor there. It's just one of those things where I say, you need to go, like, you need to go over there, get an assessment, see what's going on. Um, and you know, I, I think the, the most re- recent one that I recall was some, uh, some sort of subscap, you know, impingement. And it was just like, but I don't want to do anything about it. I just want to keep swimming and I just want to deal with it. And I'm just like, okay, you know, that's, fine, but it really is going to, you know, impede you. And I mean, it was somebody who I thought really had the possibility to be a, you know, a a 5,700 freestyler for our girls team that kind of capped out at a 101 as a, I think a sophomore. um, And then a 103 as a senior. And it's just like, you know, it really did slow you down because Mm -hmm. you weren't able to, you know, get that full reach and that full catch and, you know, be able to get in that tight streamline and everything that we need to be able to get there. Mm-hmm. So, so remind me, Indiana, the swimming high school season is a winter sport, right? It is. Yeah. So we start officially October 25th. So thanks to your handy dandy checklist, <laughs> I am about ready to uh, get into our preseason, you know, kind of planning and figure out like what, what is everything going to look like? Because uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot different this year. Um, you know, obviously training is going to be about the same. Um, mm-hmm. but in terms of, you know, what we're trying to actually get through, um, the one thing that, uh, that I know is like vastly different from the plan that you put together is how our, um, how our seasons actually work. So, um, mm. we're, we've got four weeks for the girls, six weeks for the boys from conference to kind of our culminating sectional meet. And then mm-hmm. our state meet is one week following the sectional meet. Oh. And so trying, yeah. So there's no, you know, two to three weeks of, you know, trying to figure out how to train, you know, that last week it's either, you know, you, you try to taper them for sectionals and then hold on if they make it to state. Or you taper them to state and just pray that they make it through sectionals. So, so here's my here's my quick reaction onto how Uh-oh. you should plan that. Hold on. Let me scare. get my notebook here. So, yeah, so I would say so. What what was it? It goes conference, sectional, state. Yeah. So for girls, and, um, we have conference in well, uh, usually the first or second week of January, mm-hmm. um, and then sectionals is typically the first week of February. Yeah. Like the, so yeah. what I what I would say is. Um, and and on the conference meet, are you trying to to lessen the intensity 
so that you see some performance increases at all three meets? Yeah. Right. So generally yeah. what I would try to do, um, at least in terms of the, the, well, when I, when I did kind of two years, uh, the last, what, not two years. So not last year, but the two years prior, um, what I did was we went into pretty much, uh, initially strength phases, um, a little bit of strength power. And then that week prior to conference, um, we honestly, we had a terrible training week because it was like, you know, the pool was closed due to oh, holidays. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the weight room was, was available, but we had snow like, um, so we did, uh, we did a power phase, um, right before conference and di- just did like a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday drop taper. Like it was mm-hmm. not nothing major, you know, we're not sitting here being like, and honestly, like to be completely honest with you the last two years, we've said it's a drop taper. <laughs> it wasn't a drop taper hopefully my kids don't actually listen to this but it was one of those things where it was just like yeah we're, we're tapering for this meet right um, right and really what it ended up being was we had a meet on third or well a meet on thursday that got canceled um and then they split our conference meet to be friday saturday so boys had friday off the girls had saturday off like so it was one of those things where it's just like you just get a day of rest instead yeah. like so, um, so my suggestion greg would be then it sounds like I, I i agree with that plan of going into conference with at least a week of that power right and then i would say go back for a week of strength and then some combination of strength, power, power for those three weeks. And I, I could see it either going maybe strength, power for two weeks, then one week of power, or I could see strength, power for one, power for two. And, and I think that kind of depends on, this is where it goes back to in season, you as a coach really need to be observant when you do the strength, power, and power for the first times to see how they react and then yep. how they look in the water. But then also know once you're at the end of the season, obviously there's going to be more rest involved. So whatever you're seeing is probably going to be even, even better at that point. But that's my rough take on how I would approach that. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's an interesting one where you have four week gap instead of, you know, sometimes it's pretty symmetrical where it's, you know, one or two weeks and then one or two weeks, but yeah, that's, that's a little bit more challenging. And that's why I would add that strength to kind of bridge that. Cause in some ways you're, you're almost tapering for five weeks and trying to hang on for it, you know? And so that's where I would say have at least one week of strength and maybe for, you know, the athletes and you know, this going through the certification, maybe athletes on the weaker side, I would have two weeks of strength and then maybe just one week strength, one or strength power and then power for those, those four weeks. And then maybe some of your more advanced ones, you know, especially some of the guys that can really express that power, maybe they're going to get a little bit more of the power phases. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, well, I haven't yet had a state competitor, so I haven't had to worry too much yet about the, uh, the sectional to the state taper uh, with that. Well, one hopefully week. we'll change that this year, Greg. <laughs> I know, I know, uh, my, you know, my breast ripper, he, you know, he's got this last year, he's a senior. Um, he's actually had some calls from, uh, Jim Sheridan over at Greensboro. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that's going anywhere, but Jim reached out and he was like, Hey, I want to talk to this kid. I'm like, all right, let's do it. That's um, awesome. but yeah, he, um, you know, he really wants to make it. He made it to state the last couple of years, uh, for, for cross country, made it to state last year for track. And he's like, I, I just need this trifecta. Like, let's, let's get it. And I'm like, well, 
you know, we'll see what we can do and we'll try to bring it home. But, you know, he, he wants the school record, which is a one Oh one. He went from what a one Oh one, one Oh nine as a freshman to a one Oh four as a junior. That's awesome. Um, no, we went a one Oh three. Dang. I'm like, I'm sitting here. That's crazy. We went a one Oh three mid season. Uh, but finished finished the sectional meet in a 104. That's what it was. So obviously awesome. we did something right, you know, midseason that we didn't finish very well at the end. But um, but yeah, he's a he's a good kid and somebody that I enjoy being with. And you know, we've got another one who's a he's a 500 swimmer that he's got all the power that you can imagine out of his chest, but his kick is awful. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and now you know how to program for the lower body, right? Not all squats. You got to make sure you got those hinges in there, right? And if anything, yep. maybe hinge a, a little bit more. So, you know, Greg, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you, uh, you know, moved around your schedule a little bit to accommodate this on this short turnaround. And we're recording this Monday morning. By the time it gets out today, we're probably going to be looking at about 36 hours left of open enrollment. What would you tell coaches out there? You know, again, whether they're like you that have been following us for a long time and even, you know, got some of our previous dryland training resources what would you say to, to them first because that's probably the most similar to your situation about should you enroll to become ssdc yeah so i was one of those ones where you know i i signed up immediately to be like yeah i i, I totally want to do this like and i wanted to get my um my athletic director involved to pay for it and say hey like this is something that i feel like is truly important for us to go go through and then because I think the first open, like when you actually closed it was last year, because I think previously it had just kind of been a roll. Yeah, we had a spring in the, we had one in April. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I know that in April, I was just like, there's no way I can't commit to this. And then in the fall, um, you know, uh, everything was shut down. So then we're sitting there just like uh, we, we had no income uh, from, you know, our athletic sales. And so he was just like, we just can't do it. Like, it's not something that we can budget for. Um, so then, you know, fast forward to this year, I was just like, you know what, like, I'm just going to commit to it personally. Like I, I made the commitment to say, I'm going to make myself better. And if you're in that state where you are kind of sitting there and saying, I'm doing okay, but I can do better. This is for you. Um, because there's, there's a certain level of um, expertise and, you know, conversation starters that you get out of this. And it's not just one of those things where it's like, how, you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? Like, there's so much more depth in there. There's so many more conversations to be had. There's so many different things that you can have with other coaches, other athletes, um, you know, just to be able to sit there and say, like, what do you need? Like if you need to work on, you know, being able to stretch, if you need to work on a better warm up, if you need to work on um, a better, you know, just hinge movement, if you need better mobility in your shoulders, whatever it is, like this is going to help you program for those things. Um, so take it from me, bite the bullet, get it done. And, you know, you will not regret it. Like I, from day one, when I signed up, I regretted not signing up earlier. So. And, and what was, was there something in particular, we've mentioned a lot of resources, whether it be the checklist or the levels, was there anything, Greg, that was just overarching, like, man, I wish I, I had signed up earlier for this, or was it just the totality of it? It's everything. It really is. Cause again, like 
you guys have done great with your free resources, you know, to be able to say like, this is how you do dry land at home. This is what you should do for this. Um, and I think that all of those are valuable. They really are. Um, but obviously, you know, from a business perspective, you have to, you have to leave a little bit, you know, you can't give, you know, everything, um, to, to like for those free resources. It just, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so to be able to sit here and say, I have every single resource from, you know, every functional exercise to, a, you know, a static or dynamic warm up, whatever I want to do to every single level of, you know, movement for a push, a pull, a hinge, a squat, like bracing exercises. Um, it, there's just so much to choose from, you know, and again, like my favorite part of it is your favorites because it's, it's those things that are the, I'm going to call them quick hit for lack of a better term, but it's that quick hit go to, um, I can grab this, you know, without looking through a, an enormous list and just be like, okay, I know that, you know, Bill over here needs a level three exercise. I know that, you know, Jane over there needs really a level zero type exercise. Like what can I pare down? You know, can I take a push up and, um, you know, elevate it to, you know, something different or taking that push up and saying, okay, we're going to do that incline because you can't move your body weight. And, you know, like you said, like I've always used knee pushups as that, you know, kind of starting point. Um, especially with our outdoor pool, because we don't have, uh, we don't have anything at the outdoor pool, which I would say most people probably don't. Um, and that's a good way to just say, if you can't continue to do good form, drop down to your knees and use that as, you know, as whatever. And it's, and it's one of those things where I don't teach that as like a negative thing. Um, I know a lot of coaches are like, don't do, you know, a girl pushup. It's not, it's a knee pushup. Like it's okay. I still do knee pushups. I don't have the upper body strength to be able to maintain good, a good body line. Like it's fine. It doesn't matter. Like if you are getting stronger, that's the more important part. And, and Greg, that, I think that goes to, and I can't remember if I specifically said at some point, but you definitely get the, the theme of this is that there aren't bad exercises. There are bad applications of exercise or bad techniques of exercises. And it's about meeting the athlete at the right level. So it's not, Hey, these are the bad exercises and these are the good exercises. It's giving you the movement assessments, the performance tests, the levels, and all the checklists to now say, okay, how do I divide up my group of swimmers to make sure this group is getting met at the appropriate level so that it's not too easy, right? And it's not too hard because, you know, for high schoolers, either one's going to check them out one way or the other, right? Or end up in injury or not improving. And then everybody's upset. Right. And yeah, so I think that that's, you know, one of the biggest indicators is just like being able to see where your athletes are. Like you should not see an athlete struggle. Like, yes. Do you want athletes to fail at times? Of course, because their scheduled fails. Like I don't, I don't know a coach that would be happy if, you know, they're, you know, they go through their dual meet season and you see improvement, 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 improvement. And then you get to, you get to the end of the season and all of a sudden it's a 10 second ad, right? Like that's not a good part of failure, but what you do want is maybe, you know, one or two improvements throughout the dual meet season and, you know, a good conference, maybe, you know, ramping up that intensity again and seeing them fail. Like you, you might want to see that 50 point go of 52, 53, because that means that you know that you're working them 
hard enough that the taper will eventually work, you know? And again, like there's, there's all the other stuff that needs to go into that. Please don't, you know, hate on me for saying those specific things, but you know, the, but that's the type of failure that we are looking for is to be able to say, yeah, they're tired now so that they can be rested later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, too, right. Like it, it's, the, yeah. it's very similar to, you know, how I tried to frame just assessments and tests in general of, I didn't want athletes to feel, Oh, you're a failure, right? Like you're not good. It's yeah. more, this is the reality, right? They can't hip hinge. So you as a coach need to know, how do I build up their hip hinge? If they can't do a pull-up, it's not a, they're not a bad person or a bad server, yeah. but that means there's a lot of potential on the table. If you yeah. as a coach now know, how do I help them get stronger at doing pull-ups where at the same time challenging your upper boys that are probably doing 20 plus pull-ups and making sure everyone's improving at their rate. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing, uh, obviously, you know, having both, uh, you know, the men's and women's team, boys, and girls team, like it's one of those things where there is an intimidation factor. You know, our girls don't want to be doing pull-ups next to the strongest guys that can do pull-ups. Um, so, you know, being able to reframe that, you know, as, as well from just that, what does our weight room look like? What's this, what does encouragement look like? Because there are strong female swimmers. There are strong male swimmers. There are weak, sw- weak swimmers on both sides too. Like you might have, you know, a person, a, a male that can do 20 plus, you know, pull-ups. You might have a female that can do the exact same thing. Um, you might have a male, uh, you know, myself included that can't do a single pull-up. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those things where it's like, I'm okay to own that. Like I wasn't the world's fastest swimmer. Like I'm okay with that. I'm okay with coaching an athlete that's faster than I am, you know, but mm. eventually they do have to listen to say, this is where you are. These are the types of things we need to do to get you to where you want to be. Um, and you're not going to do that without, you know, a better plan to put into place Mm -hmm. like it doesn't matter how good of a coach you are like if you are if you're failing the plan you're likely not gonna hit your goals yeah greg what would you say to a coach that maybe came maybe they want to be an assistant coach with you or maybe it's local in the area and whether they're new or they've been in it for a long time but they they don't know anything about dry land why should they enroll to become ssdc what would you tell them if they're asking for your advice Uh, If they were working for me, absolutely. Let's do it. If they're working at one of the opposing high schools, (laughs) don't do it. Um, You know, it's a terrible investment. (laughs) Sorry. uh, Am I being selfish? Love it. it. No. uh, (laughs) Yeah. It it would be one of those things like just to, again, reiterate, like you, you need to be able to put that plan together. Um, Like, yeah, again, you might be you might get better results than I do in the water right now. Um, you know, you might have a better overall training philosophy and planning and and whatever else, but this will not hurt. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's one of those things where you just need to, whether, whether it's ego or whatever, getting in the way of not doing something different, you've got to do something different. Um, you know, if you're not implementing some sort of strength training, like it, it definitely needs to happen. And, in my opinion, um, this is the best resource on the market right now. That's awesome. Greg, I know we're going to get you enrolled in the graduate level, which is for those SSDCs only. 
And for those that don't know, it's basically like a, think about it as an ongoing dryland mentorship where basically I know that you guys all that are in there um, and we just started it just a few weeks ago. So you're, you're going to be, you know, brand new to the group and it's going to be great. We're going to rock in here. So throughout the year, then you're going to have office hours. You guys are going to be able to submit your workouts and we're basically just going to keep instilling the principles that we talked about when you learn, you know, as you becoming SSDC and helping you guide along the way. So I'm going to be excited to see how we navigate the seasons coming up and those four weeks in between, you know, conference and, and uh, sectionals and then the one week between sectionals and state. But uh, any closing thoughts here, Greg? I just appreciate your time so much. And uh, I appreciate yeah. your not only just how long you've been a part of our community and learning, but then your willingness to jump in, even if you couldn't, you know, when we first opened it up a year ago, that the fact that you basically kind of put on that to-do list or the calendar in the future of, hey, the next time I can, and then go push your AD to get the resources to you because you know it's going to help your program. Well, you know, and I didn't, like I said, like I, I decided that this was important enough that, you know, I just, I just did it. Um, you know, I, I do feel like this is something that coaches should potentially do, you know, unless they're in my surrounding competing area, like they, they can, they can avoid it at all costs. That's fine. Um, I'm not going to be mad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, give yourself an advantage, um, you know, do your best to, to give your kids the advantage that they deserve to. And obviously strength is an, an important part of everything that we do in the water. So making sure that you fill that out you know, give them, give yourself the tools necessary to build stronger athletes and better swimmers. That's awesome. Greg, thanks so much, man. I'm going to be excited walking along you in the graduate level as we get into the season. Thanks again so much for your time. Good luck this season. All right. Thank you so much. And, you know, again, appreciate everything that you've done for the swimming community with them. Open enrollment to become CERD Strength Dryland Certified is going on right now. Don't miss out because this is only for a limited time. Learn more about becoming SSDC at surdstrength.com slash certification and join hundreds of coaches and swimmers from dozens of countries around the world that are making a commitment to having Dryland become a true strength of their program.